Hey everyone, my name is Jonathan North, and welcome to the very first episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. The focus of this show will primarily be on the films of the Disney canon and any franchise material they may spawn. But I love Disney history, so from time to time, we'll be looking at some of Disney's lesser-known titles, including his shorts, which is what I wanted to kick off this show with. Walt Disney did a lot before he started making feature films, and while it would be too much to talk about everything he did pre-Snow White in one episode, I thought it would be fitting to kick off this new Disney podcast talking about the short that started it all, the very first Mickey Mouse cartoon, Steamboat Willie, plus 10 more of his early short films to round out the episode. Joining me today to kick off this brand new show are my friends Mark Brown and Eli Sanza. Mark and Eli are both big animation fans and Disney history buffs, and they've been a huge part of my podcast projects for years now, so they were the first people I thought of when I was trying to figure out how to launch this new show. Eli and Mark will also be joining me in future episodes for a recurring series looking at the films in each era of Disney animation, so before we actually start diving into the films from each period, we'll have a special episode talking about them and maybe even ranking them, starting with Disney's Golden Age coming up in the next episode. But before we get into this episode, I just wanted to shout out to Simone Fole. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's the amazing artist who made my Disney avatar, which you'll see if you're watching the video version. If you're just listening to the audio version, check out my Instagram or just go to YouTube. Simone does awesome Disney-esque artwork, and she was my first and only choice for an artist when I first decided I wanted to commission a new avatar for this new show. And then it turned out so amazing that I decided I couldn't just limit it to me, and I had her do Eli and Mark as well. I figured, if they're going to be recurring co-hosts on the show, I might as well get some Disney versions of them, too. I love how these turned out, and I can't wait to use them, so let's just jump right into the first episode. I don't remember who picked out which of these shorts. I know that's a combination of ones that we all picked. So I guess we'll all just talk about them and talk about why we think they're important yeah i don't remember which ones i picked (laughs) (laughs) i rearranged them from the list that i sent you guys i put them now into by date like the year they were released so we'll start with steamboat willie in 1928 which was the debut of mickey mouse and apparently it wasn't the first mickey mouse cartoon they ever made though apparently that was Plain Crazy, which we'll talk about next. Mm-hmm. But Steamboat Willie, for all intents and purposes, is the first Mickey Mouse cartoon. That's right. And I don't know what... I mean, I've, I've watched this before, but like back whenever it was the first time I watched it, I don't know what I was expecting going in, but it wasn't what I got. <laughs> 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 this is not the Mickey that we're all used to in this cartoon. This is... Um. I know um, mischievous troublemaker. I know when they did the new Mickey Mouse series, the one that debuted in like 2013 or 2014, they were trying to bring, bring the character back to his original, like, you know, he would be naughty. Sometimes he would be mischievous. Uh Sometimes he wasn't this, you know, goody two shoes the whole time. So when when I watched, when I rewatched Steamboat Willie, it's like, yeah, this was what Mickey was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This there was a lot of animal abuse in this cartoon. <laughs> that that was my first reaction when I thought, "Oh my god, there's so much animal abuse." That, that's looking at it from a modern lens. It just you just can't help but see it that way. Yeah, yeah. Really. Pulling pulling the cat's tail to make to make musical notes. Yeah, uh, 
and abusing the mother pig and the baby piglets. <laughs> that was probably the worst one. Yeah, the way he kicked the piglet. Yeah, I think that was the worst. The first time I actually watched this short was in um in one of my um college classes. It was a speech class and we just had some five minutes to spare, so he just put it on and <laughs> we all watched it. <laughs> That's kind of a random place to watch a Mickey Mouse cartoon, but I had a I had a college class where we watched cartoons too, but it was like before it started, like while she was waiting for everybody to get in, she'd play a cartoon. I think the reason was um, we were talking about um, topics to give speeches on, and I think I had mentioned Disney World, and then I guess that just got, he just started thinking about Disney. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's good because you finally got to see the first Mickey Mouse cartoon, which is something I always wanted to see when I was a kid. I never, I, I never found it anywhere. Like I, I think I watched it when I was a teenager for the first time, but I, but it never aired on like Disney Channel or anything. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah, I probably was an adult before I watched it because Disney Plus didn't exist when we were kids. No. And even when, like, when I was a kid, we only had a small handful of channels. And we didn't have one that played Disney shorts. So we were kind of, I was more of a Looney Tunes person because Saturday mornings they would play Looney Tunes cartoons. So the only Disney cartoons I would watch were the ones available at the library, which is only a couple of tapes. So I didn't watch a whole lot of Disney shorts as a kid. It's the same. I was also a Looney Tunes person. Like I wasn't a huge like like it was only because the Disney cartoons weren't available. Like it was really yeah. hard to to see classic Disney films in the in, back in the nineties. They were like never on, and mm-hmm. there and you could only find so many of them on home video. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was the same. It was Looney Looney Tunes that was more ubiquitous. Or for me personally, it was probably Woody Woodpecker. Those were the cartoons that I would be watching all the time mm. and have access to. Oh wow. I was going to say two things that stood out to me when I rewatched Steamboat Willie was um, uh, one, this is, you know, this is famously the first um, Disney uh, animated cartoon with, with synchronized sound. And um, I didn't realize that this was both the first Mickey Mouse um, cartoon um, released and the first animated um, cartoon with synchronized sound. So like it, it, it did both, <laughs> it hit both, um both marks in the same move in the same feature. Hmm. Yeah. And the other the other thing that um that stood out to me was almost, most of my life I never realized that Pete was supposed to be a cat. <laughs> I always thought Pete was a dog, but yeah. um but I think this this cartoon showcases the feline aspect of him best. Yeah, yeah, it does. I never knew what Pete was when I was a kid. I don't think I thought too hard about it, but I don't know that I would have guessed a cat. <laughs> No, I, I, I think my, bro- my brother told me Pete was a cat, and I was like, oh, that's what he is. I didn't know. And, like, I think that was how I found out he was a cat. But, but yeah, you're right. It is more obvious here, and this, and this is the first cartoon Pete was in, so mm-hmm. it had to be a little, bit, a little bit more obvious that he was a cat in order for you to know who he was and what he was when you first saw him. It, it just so happens that the, the character design sort of like drifted away into some sort of more humanized tough guy bulldog like creature in later cartoons but i think i think they did that just to make them a little bit more threatening but Mm. but you know it was hard to tell what he was yeah i guess it makes sense though because 
Mickey is a mouse and a good antagonist for a mouse is a cat. Yeah, it made sense when I found out. And then I guess that also it also works for later on when they pair him with Goofy too. Those cats and dogs don't really get along usually. Yes, it worked in the dynamic of Goof Troop too. Definitely. This is also the debut of Minnie Mouse. That's right. Yeah. Everybody always focuses on Mickey, but Minnie's Minnie's here too. True. Yeah, this is a significant moment for her too. Let's not forget. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody debuted in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Especially Xylophone Goat, my favorite character. Xylophone <laughs> Goat. <laughs> Xylophone Goat. <laughs> like, I can't even remember anything else he's been in since this. But, hey, it's, it's his debut, so it's still significant. He probably wasn't in anything. It was interesting to look at this cartoon again in recent, recently because I always look at classic cartoons from the perspective of the time that it was released and, and when you look at it and you, when you look at it from that point of view it is pretty amazing to watch because a lot of people say this is the first ever cartoon with synchronized sound which it wasn't if you're if you really look up the history of animation you can see that that actually isn't true but it is the first one to become popular and it is a real, a real novelty compared to the other cartoons that were coming out at the time. So it is really historically significant. Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> so what was the first one that came out with synchronized sound then? I think it was like the uh, character named Colonel He's a Liar uh, that was made by like the Randolph Hearst or something like that in some animation studio that was a little bit more obscure back in like the uh, either the 20s or the early 20s or the 1910s. Like, I can't remember what it was called. Or it might have been Farmer Alfalfa. I I get those two mixed up, but yeah. It was something something in in a cartoon that was like unmemorable. It wasn't a great cartoon, so that's why people forget it. But yeah. It was it was something that came like years earlier that everyone forgot about because it didn't work as well with that one. Mickey Mouse made it work, but other people tried and failed before he did. Okay. I guess it's it's okay to say it's the first Disney cartoon with synchronized sound. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's accurate. The first successful cartoon with synchronized sound. Yeah. That's so there we go. One thing that I've noticed about all of these shorts, a lot of them, there's, there, it's like an extremely loose story, and it's like it's only just a vehicle for a series of gags, which the main series of gags for Steamboat Willie was using animals as instruments. <laughs> That's true. That was true for a lot of cartoons back then. They even in Looney Tunes and mm-hmm. and in harmonizing cartoons and and. In MGM, they always did that. It was always gag-oriented. Story was not important, which was good, because story shouldn't be important if you're making an eight-minute cartoon. So mm-hmm. as long as it's... And as long as the gags are funny, then that's a totally good formula. Well, I guess from Steamboat Willie, we can move on to Plain Crazy, which this was the first Mickey Mouse cartoon to be produced. It wasn't released first, but it was the first one that they worked on. And Minnie, and Minnie Mouse is in it as well. Yes. <laughs> right. 
And this one I could not find on Disney Plus because I looked all of these I looked up on Disney Plus first before trying to find them elsewhere. And at first I was like, well, why isn't this on Disney Plus? And then some things happened later in the cartoon. I was like, I guess that's probably why they won't put this one on Disney Plus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, they don't hold up always. That's yeah. Problem. So the main thing on this one is that Mickey's trying to build an airplane. He wants to be like Charles Lindbergh. And that's basically it. He's building an airplane. He turns a car into an airplane. And all of these animals, <laughs> there's a lot more animal trauma <laughs> in this one. <laughs> some, some seem to like it. Like the wiener dog who climbed inside and he was wound up in the gears. Like he did that on purpose. So yeah. it's not like all of this is like, abuse inflicted upon animals against their will. Although he did yank the entire tail off a turkey at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's a theme. Another weird theme, <laughs> but both this one and Steamboat Willie, they seem to have a thing with udders on cows. <laughs> uh, like the udders get squeezed and milk comes out and the udder is very loose and flappy. It seems like a thing that apparently they thought was hilarious back then. Yeah. I guess from a gag point of view, there's a lot you could do with it. Yeah, no, I can picture the the gag men in the off in their like in their work environment going, yeah, it would be hilarious if like when Mickey pulled on the other like milk squirted in his face and they probably all laughed and laughed. <laughs> you will never get better than this. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed that I don't know if I'm thinking too much into it, and I don't even know when this character debuted, but I could swear that he crashed into Felix the cat twice. Because there's this cat during the scene where he's like crashing into all these trees and poles and things. There's this cat who the animation is repeated twice. Yeah. And it looked like Felix the cat to me. <laughs> you know what? There were mice in cartoons that looked a little bit like Mickey that weren't made by Disney. So it's, it happens in reverse, too. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was on purpose or just kind of a coincidence. Because a lot of characters at that time sort of had similar features. I, yeah, I think that was a coincidence. Yeah, you see cats and, and that are in... Felix cartoons, Disney cartoons, and Mary Melody's cartoons back in the Bosco days who look similar. It was just, mm. the designs were always the same. And sometimes it was plagiarism and sometimes it was coincidence, but it was, it was mostly just because it was the, the character designs were just so similar. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the cartoon, this is where it, stuff started happening. I was like, yeah, this is probably why Disney Plus isn't releasing this one. Minnie had gone on this plane trip with him and he is repeatedly trying to kiss her and she wants no part of this. Yeah. Eventually he does kiss her against her will and she jumps out of the plane using her bloomers as a parachute. And then he's all upset when after he crashes and he tosses the lucky horseshoe that she gave him and it boomerangs and knocks him out. <laughs> yeah, the, the sexual uh, assault or forcing would not um would not go yeah. <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that probably made them nervous. They like that 
especially when it's Mickey and Mickey is supposed to be a nice guy and now he's bringing up his like dark past that they probably didn't like that. Yeah. Mickey Mouse gets cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, and technically they weren't like saying that this is a good thing because it was framed in such a way that he's obviously in the wrong. And of right, course yeah. he, he gets his comeuppance in the end by being knocked out by the boomerang horseshoe. Yeah. But it's still one of those things where they're not gonna want little kids watching Mickey Mouse force Minnie to kiss him. Yeah. And and and, and, and also Walt Disney's later Mickey Mouse cartoons changed his personality and they yeah. made him less likely to do stuff like that. He didn't do stuff like that in later cartoons. So it seems like and it seems like I doubt Walt Disney would even care if that one wasn't on Disney Plus. He's probably he would probably <laughs> not be asleep over it. Mm-hmm. I have I have a feeling it was probably a lot of more influence from other cartoons of the time, like trying to do what the other studios are doing. Yeah, well, that was what he had to do in order to sell the cartoon, and which and and that cartoon tested poorly, by the way, when it, when their test screening, people didn't like the cartoon that much before when they first showed it but they liked steamboat willie yeah that steamboat willie was the first one to be released because playing crazy did so poorly in his test screening actually interesting yeah and and it was a silent cartoon so mickey mouse was in one silent film but when they released it in 1929 a year after steamboat willie they added sound to it just to capitalize on the sound craze so it started okay. out as a silent film, then it became sound cartoon later. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, moving on to the next one, we have the Skeleton Dance, which is also not available on Disney Plus. This one, I'm not entirely sure why it's not available on Disney Plus because it didn't seem any worse than anything else. Like Steamboat Willie was much worse in terms of animal abuse. I mean, there's a tiny bit in this one, but not that much it, yeah it, it, it i've been saying skeleton dance needs to be added to disney plus i don't know why it isn't on disney plus it's crazy to me mm-hmm. especially because it's almost like a meme with people like remixing that spooky scary skeleton song to footage of the skeleton dance right like everybody knows this cartoon it seems weird that it's not available on disney plus yeah, and I liked it because it was it, it, not only because it was an entertaining cartoon, but it's it's historically significant too. It's like the first ever Silly Symphony cartoon ever made. Yeah. Okay. The one that started it all. <laughs> yeah, they need to add that. They should add it soon. They should add it this Halloween. Maybe they're waiting for some event. That maybe they are yeah. waiting for Halloween. So. Yeah, and there are a lot of um, Disney titles that they haven't released yet. Not. Yeah. Not for any reason besides they're just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of obscure stuff that people like us will know about, but like the general population will have no idea exists. So we're like, why aren't they releasing this? And they're holding yeah. it back for some event. <laughs> no, we're the, I know we're the only ones who care about this, but still, <laughs> like I, I, that's that's just what's on my mind. I have to I have to express it. We need this. No one else. No one else cares, but like I do. So I'm gonna say I want it there. All right, Disney, listen to us. <laughs>
One thing that I noticed about this one that I don't know if anybody, like, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but like the owl that's in this one, I feel like he keeps coming back in other cartoons. I didn't notice. Could be. It, it seems like be. the same owl yeah. as other cartoons to me. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they like, sometimes they reuse animal designs in those cartoons over and over, and sometimes they use them so much that they decide to, like, give them a name. Like, I think they, like, did that with, like, Clarabelle Cow. Like, the Clarabelle Cow went from being a cow, a regular on-all-four-legs cow, to becoming a, a standing on her hind legs, cow wearing clothes, and then they eventually decide the name of Clarabelle. I think something like that happens. So, so they do, they sometimes evolve into like iconic characters. Like the owl could, in another universe, could have been like Oliver Owl or something. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think this one evolved past being an owl that was in the background, but I yeah. just keep noticing Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Disney does like to use owls, though. I noticed that. Is this a cartoon that you guys saw as a kid? No, I think this is actually the first time I saw it when I watched it um, oh, uh, okay. yesterday. <laughs> wow. I had heard about it and like made clips about it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing before. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you two had a Disney Channel like um, when you grew up, but no. I watched nope. that channel. <laughs> no. No, yeah, see, I was the only one. See, I, I watched that channel a lot in the 90s because I, I used to have cable. I don't have cable anymore, but I used to have cable when I was a kid. And, and I every once in a while, those, those were the only times I ever watched Disney cartoons because Disney cartoons came on that channel every once in a while. Skeleton Dance I saw back then, but I, I didn't retain a lot of it because you know how it is when you're watching stuff as a kid. You're like, once you watch it as an adult, you appreciate stuff more, but... Yeah, like I have vague memories of it back then, but okay. I but I've watched it. yeah the first time I watched it when I was older was when I was like it was a bonus feature on like a Mickey Mouse DVD collection or something. But I do like the cartoon. John, Jonathan and I were just talking. We were just talking earlier how we didn't we ever had cable, so we're PBS kids through and through. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The only time I ever watched cable as a kid was visiting my grandparents who had cable and then I would watch Disney channel and Nickelodeon. Same except instead of my grandparents, it was my cousins. <laughs> I feel like I might've seen skeleton dance back then because I feel like I saw it when I was a kid because I recognized the cartoon, but I didn't remember anything about it. So if I watched it as a kid, that's probably when like sometime when I was at my grandparents' house, cause it seems familiar but not enough that I retained the cartoon. You just have vague memories of the imagery. Yeah. Yeah, that was the same with me. Well, the main reason I asked if you'd seen it as a kid is because I've heard people online talk about this one and how it scared them as a kid. And it doesn't seem like a cartoon that would scare kids, but some kids are different than other kids. So maybe there are kids who are terrified by dancing skeletons. <laughs> yeah, I, I think skeletons are generally in the scary category so i could see how some kids could be scared by it that's true i mean the, it didn't seem that scary to me because they they dance and it seems more <laughs> upbeat i guess the the one thing that i could see somebody getting scared of is at the end when all they they all combine into some freaky creature and jump into the grave that might scare some kids <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen scarier stuff so this like than this, so it didn't really scare me that much. I've even seen scarier classic cartoons from the thirties that were scarier than this. So I I wasn't very scared by it. It was it was just mostly just it just it was mostly silly fun for me. Yeah. Well, from skeleton dance, we move on to flowers and trees in 1932, and this is another one. It's just the va- very vague story. It's two trees are in love. Another tree doesn't want them to be in love and starts a forest fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they put it out and get married. A lot of it is gags in between. And it's the the first um, color symphony, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, first yeah. one in color. Yeah, and, it's, and the gags are funny. I like the gags, so like, even it doesn't need a big story, so it's fine. Yeah, I love the design of all the trees. I, I love the uh, the old grumpy gray tree and how the uh, the snake is his tongue. Like, I really love that design. Yes, that was my favorite that, part when, that. like, uh, the he opens his mouth and I I don't know if it's a snake or a lizard. I thought I saw little arms, but either way, it, oh, well, the fact that it was, had. Yeah. The fact that it had this little green creature sort of acting as a tongue, I really liked that. Like I yeah. feel this this um this cartoon showed a lot of personality in the uh, in the animation and drawings of the characters. So like you could see what animation is becoming. Like like yes. you could just look at one of these characters and it's just a tree, but you you can get a whole personality from them just by the way they're drawn and all that. Mm-hmm. That's true, and the fact that they're evolving their animation beyond—I mean, Mickey Mickey Mouse is not like a stick figure, but it's like the fact that he's all black, the eyes aren't that detailed. It's like Mickey evolved from a stick figure, so this is taking it even further by once they add in the color and add in more details, it's enriching the animation. And that was Walt Disney's intention. He wanted to—he wanted to keep. Uh, elevating the animation technique in with each cartoon. Mm-hmm. This one, maybe I'm making things up, but did any of the music to you guys sound similar to the music in Bambi? Like, especially during the forest fire? I didn't notice. I didn't notice either, but I did notice other similarities to Bambi. <laughs> I could I could see this was alluding a lot of stuff from it. So I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised if there like you know, if there was like a music cue. Like the guy who directed Bambi was an animator on this cartoon, actually. So like and they reused the forest fire thing. Mm. Yeah, that was that's I I feel like there was some music cue during the forest fire that reminded me of the forest fire music in Bambi. I might I might look for that when I re when I rewatch them just to see if that's true. I, I might just like I might try to identify it. Yeah. Well, from there we move on to the three little pigs, which I feel like this might be where, like, rec- besides Mickey and his crew, of course, I feel like this is where Disney starts making recognizable characters that are, I don't know, marketable. <laughs> Because yeah. the Three Little Pigs have moved further than a lot of other characters from around this time. Like they're they're kind of like part of Disney at this point. Like everybody knows the Three Little Pigs. That's yeah, that's that's accurate because the Three Little Pigs was mega popular when it yeah. came out. It was like, and there was a lot of merchandise, and still is merchandise to this day. Mm-hmm. 
And not to mention the who's afraid of the big bad wolf. That song is just <laughs> yeah, that song. And that also, song. I, no, no, that was, that was a, it was a really popular song too. That song was the main reason why it was so popular. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, I, I love the pig song as well. When, when each each of the three of them have their own line. Mm-hmm. I build my house of straw. I build my house of hay. Oh, yeah. Something, 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 yeah, right. something, something, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was catchy. This one, I don't think I saw as a kid, but this the song was on a Disney album. Like a friend made me a copy of her CD. So I had this song and I knew the song backwards and forwards like I did with all the other Disney music that was on this CD. So I know the music more than I know the cartoon. Yeah. This one I did see as a kid. I saw this a lot, and I th- I don't know how. I think it might have been maybe on like a Disney shorts VHS tape or something, but I know I, I, this one I'm definitely familiar with. It might have been on VHS because I know that it was available on VHS in like the either the 80s or 90s. Like it might have been huh. like on like a, a Mickey Mouse and Friends video or something like that. Could be. Mm. And and um, back to your point, Jonathan, about um, marketable char- or marketable or recognizable characters. I think this is also probably one of the first shorts where we have a recognizable, marketable villain character. <laughs> I mm. think that, you know the big bad wolf. He he's yeah. real popular as a Disney right. villain. He's a lot more recognizable and marketable than the grumpy tree who starts a forest fire <laughs> with the yeah, delicious yeah. tongue. <laughs> That's right. This might have been the first like major Disney villain. If you like, uh, arguably Pete was major, but like Pete wasn't like a big merchandise character. Like Big yeah. Bad Wolf was, so so possible. Pete Pete had to evolve before he got more popular. Big yeah. Bad Wolf, he was like popular right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That's exactly right. One thing that I thought was amusing and funny from a historical perspective was the fact that the Big Bad Wolf disguises himself as the Fuller Brush Man, <laughs> which people today aren't going to know what the Fuller Brush Man is, but that's somebody who used to go door-to-door selling brushes, which seems like such a foreign concept <laughs> for, for today's day and age. But back then, that probably was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I didn't even know what that meant, that what that job was when I first saw that cartoon. No. Yeah, it's one of those historical references that are going to go over the kids' heads. Yeah. And um, in the the original showing of this of this cartoon, I think instead of Fuller Brush Man, he's he's disguised as a, a like a like a just a, a racist stereotypical depiction of a Jewish um, salesman. So I think he they replaced that with the Fuller Brush Man in, in some of the later re, um, cuts of the movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, really? So the version I saw, I actually saw the one with the um, the racist um, Jewish um, uh, stereotype. I didn't oh, see the Fuller Brush okay. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that one's obviously that version changed. It's not on Disney Plus, but I did see that like on YouTube or something. There was a Jewish, uh, Jewish stereotype, like Jewish peddler was yeah. what the wolf disguised himself as when he was trying to enter the 
exactly. And they changed it and they reanimated the wolf in as a fuller brush salesman. And like, I like, I think they did that in the 1940s re-release. So yeah, it okay. used to be racist stereotype and then they changed it. Like back then they realized it was, they had to change it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, that's probably right around World War Two. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's, yeah. that'll be around yeah. the time where they probably realized what they were doing after World War Two happened. Uh, yeah, that, you're right. Yeah, that was probably a response to World War Two. yeah. So yeah, so the version I watched on YouTube, I, I, had, I saw the original one with the, uh, the Jewish peddler character. Hmm. Yeah, I I did not see that one. I I watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, you you were saved. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not not so fun facts about that cartoon. Yeah, Yeah. not so fun fact. Well, for fun, there is some fun gags in this cartoon. I thought it was weirdly hilarious when the first little pig runs into his house and slams the door but then comes back out so he can rip up, up the welcome mat. <laughs> so the wolf is not welcome. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good gag. I, w- I would say this is probably one of the best of the, of the shorts we've picked um, today. I think this is probably one of the best ones. Yeah, probably. Agreed. I, I will say, though, we're, when, when we get to the sequel, I liked the sequel better than the first one. Oh yeah, I, I love the sequel. When we get to that, I, there's a lot I have to say. Yeah. Another thing that I found weirdly hilarious was after the wolf gets dipped in turpentine, he starts running around outside and he's like scooting on the ground like a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That they were like they, it was like the gag was supposed to like humiliate him a little bit. Let's like let's turn him into like a, a uncomfortable canine while we're like humiliating him at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that joke I didn't understand much as a kid. Cause I didn't really know what turpentine was. <laughs> Heck, uh, now I probably still not really sure what turpentine is. <laughs> right. I think it's, it's some, it's some sort of resin. Like I think they use it sort of as a varnish. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I don't, I don't do like, woodworking and stuff like that but i'm pretty sure that something some kind of tree resin product but it's poison so you you shouldn't get it on you uh, that's our note to the kids listening to this don't play with turpentine <laughs> <laughs> and one other thing i feel like this is probably something that everybody knows about now but in the three little pigs's house at the end you can see pictures of father and mother on the wall, but oh, father yeah. is a string that. of sausages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. I I know that they're just trying to be funny. Ha ha, a gag about his dad is a sausage like link or something. Like, if you think about it too much, it's really disturbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that was all cartoons back then. They were always like going for like the dark humor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, from there we go to another fairy tale inspired cartoon, The Wise Little Hen. <laughs> and this one is pretty much basically the story of the Wise Little Hen, except this is also the debut of Donald Duck, yeah. who appears as one of the characters that doesn't want to work. So, so this one I have a interesting story because I, I, 
I watched this short a lot as a kid. And the reason I did, there was, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, there used to be a, a, on Disney Channel, they had made a, um, a live action, like, show up with Belle from Beauty and the Beast, like Storytime with Belle or something. So oh, then they, yeah. They, they, so then they released a, a directed video, um, video called Belle's Tales of Friendship. So in that video, the, the girl who plays Belle, she tells stories to these kids who come to her bookstore. And these stories are some of the old Disney shorts. So one of them is The Wise Little Hen. So that's, the, that's how I saw this for the for, um, growing up. But what they did is that they kind of like redid the voices and stuff. So like in The Wise Little Hen, uh, the version I saw, she would uh, the hen would ask Donald Duck and the pig, like, would you help me plant my corn? And then when I watched the real version on YouTube, it's like, would you help me plant my corn? And it was so <laughs> Oh my god! I I never thought that, but you they they redubbed the voices. Yeah, yeah. So like like she actually kind of sings it in the Bell's Tales of Friendship. Like you could hear, you could understand it correctly. And now when I watch the the original version on YouTube, and she's just like balk balking the whole time. It's like wait, <laughs> this is not what I remember. Yeah, right. Interesting. I don't think I ever saw that, but I remember that show that you're talking about. I feel like that was. It was like a period of time where my dad would tape early morning TV, like on Saturday or Sunday, and they would play some kids shows like super early in the morning, and then we'd watch them later in the day. And that was one of them. Yeah. I did. I didn't remember much about it, but I remember a live action bell telling stories. Yeah, I, I don't think um, many people have even seen Bell Sales of Friendship. The video I have, I haven't met one other person who who's seen it. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have it on VHS still. Huh. Uh, well, I'm glad you're in this podcast and to tell us about that historical <laughs> nugget. Yes. Well, watch we get famous and people will be posting <laughs> on Twitter. Hey, I've also <laughs> seen Bell's Tears of Friendship. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I bet. But back to Wise Little Hen, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a pretty faithful retelling of the story and I, yeah. I enjoy it. I thought it was kind of funny that Though they're, everybody is afflicted with belly aches. I think in the, the original fairy tale, they all had different excuses. But in this one, just everybody has a belly ache when it's time to work. <laughs> and one thing I'm glad that about is um, I, I found the voice of the pig to be very annoying. So I'm glad he didn't become a main character afterwards. I'm glad Donald Duck was the one that <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny that they, it felt like they were debuting two characters, Donald Duck and Peter Pig. But Peter Pig did not achieve the fame that Donald Duck has got since gone on to. Peter Pig's voice would be so hard yeah. to do. Like the Donald Duck is already impo- impossible almost, but actually yeah. Peter Pig is just yeah. worse. Yeah, no, who, who, I don't know anybody who likes Peter Pig, so it's for the best. No, he I don't know anybody who knows annoying. Peter Pig. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You, right. <laughs> I also thought it was kind of funny that the chicks help her do all her work, but I thought it was kind of funny that some of the chicks are basically livestock and others are like acting like people, like pla- doing the planting, but some are like yoked up to the machinery and pulling yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> They got hierarchy. It's 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 the they're probably the older siblings and the younger siblings are pulling the yoke. <laughs> I <bet> so. <laughs> well, from there we can move on to the band concert. 
which I feel like Peter Pig was in this one too, but so, he didn't yeah. have a starring role. Yeah. And if it wasn't him, it was somebody that looked like him. Yeah. And Donald Duck comes back in this too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, Donald Duck, this is like the like the cartoon that made Donald Duck a star. <laughs> because he, he has a good role in this cartoon. Yes. The, he, yeah. he made me laugh out loud more than the other cartoons had before this. Because there was just something about him repeatedly pulling out flutes from nowhere. And then the, the, the point where he's like being shaken and there's like flutes flying all over the place. Like how many with flutes yeah. was he hiding inside his sailor suit? It's literally he probably had like a hundred and fifty yeah. of them or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was just one example of the of how funny this cartoon is, by the way. That was like this cartoon is like all the way good. Mm-hmm. And uh it's it's another one where we see Mickey Mouse's um more uh, vindictive side <laughs> or not so nice side, shall we say. Yes, he was getting quite annoyed with people. And this is the first um, color Mickey Mouse cartoon, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. Was this the debut? I mean, it probably wasn't, but it felt like the debut of at least the more recognizable versions of like Clarabelle Cow, Horace Horse Collar, and maybe even Goofy. And if it wasn't Goofy, it looked a lot like Goofy as people in the band. Yeah, I think they've Goofy, Horse, Horse Collar, and Clarabelle Cow have all appeared in like earlier in black and white cartoons, mm-hmm. and they're recognizable back then. But yeah, like this, yeah, it definitely it was their color debut. That's for sure. And and maybe like the debut of like this version of their characters, because like all all the different characters have different versions, and this one felt closer to a more, not modern, but like a more recognizable version of them. Like possibly it could be. I never watched the cartoons in chronologically, but it could be. Yeah. I liked that this was, it's sort of in the vein of Looney Tunes where they're like doing a riff on classical music. Cause that was, that's yeah. always one of my yeah. favorite Looney Tunes series, like Bugs being a director and directing a concert and things yeah. happening and it felt like this is kind of what they were going for there. And I liked that about it. From the list of uh, cartoons we're talking about today, I feel this one, along with The Country Cousin, are probably like the least remembered nowadays. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, which is a shame because this is like one of the best, like in my opinion. Well, it's on Disney Plus. So if anybody listening wants to go find it, it's easily watchable. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. People can watch it. Like, it's like, it's really funny. I like, especially I like the ending involving the tornado. It's, it's really, the tornado gags are really funny. (laughs) I like that the tornado sucked up a house floor by floor and then left a perfectly pristine lawn behind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a a meticulous storm. Yeah. It was like a neat storm. It was a neat storm. Yes. Well, from there, we can move on to The Tortoise and the Hare. That one's 1935. This one, it's basically, it's the story of the tortoise and the hare, but they add their own little twists to it. I liked the fact that the, the hare wasn't beaten by the fact that he just fell asleep and forgot. I liked that he was an annoying 
antagonist, and he got his comeuppance in the end. Some people, some people say that the hair in this was the inspir- later inspired um, Bugs Bunny in the WB Studios. I heard that. I heard that. Like that, there was a rumor that like Max Hair inspired the personality of Bugs Bunny as a, like a cocky like rabbit, and it could be. It could be. Yeah, because because literally as soon as I was watching this short, as soon as I saw the hair, I, I thought Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Yeah, now that you mention that, he does kind of look like the early Bugs, like the Bugs before he was Bugs, yeah, like the rounder version. Yeah, this cartoon and the Country Cousin these these are the only two from this list that I've I never seen at all before, like me or even clips of before. So they were brand new watches for me. I don't think I had seen this one. I recognized it, but I didn't remember anything about it. Like, I especially didn't remember the Miss Cottontail's girls school where he stops for half the cartoon to show off for the girls. I recognize the characters, the tortoise and the hare, but probably just because I've seen Disney characters in things. Yeah, I, I saw this cartoon for the first time like uh, years ago, like when it was on DVD. There was, I think there was a Disney DVD collection like called like Timeless Tales or something like that where there was like uh-huh. a, uh, a collection of silly symphonies. It was like this, the three little pigs and the grasshopper and the ants and the Pied Piper. And, and I watched it because I never saw it before. And that was the first time I saw it. Mm. And I, I rewatched it on Disney Plus. But uh, but the first time was back like on DVD like a few years back. Yeah, like growing up, um, there there was a Looney Tunes tortoise in the hair cartoon with um Bugs Bunny and and the tortoise and that that one that's what I remember watching a lot more growing up. Mm-hmm. This, I never yeah. saw the Disney one. Yeah, that that cartoon was uh, that was the tortoise in the hair cartoon. I remember that was the yeah. that was my childhood cartoon. Yeah, same. Yeah, that one was probably part of like the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show on Saturday mornings. So I'm I know I've seen that one <laughs> times. Now the Disney cartoon, we, you didn't see any of the Disney cartoons come on TV ever. But Looney Tunes were on cable and broadcast networks on ABC. So like everyone's mm-hmm. on Looney Tunes. So you just you just can't you just can't compete. Yeah. yeah. After watching this Disney show, it kind of reminded me that this this seems to be one of the few like uh, fables or fairy tales that I don't know anyone who's ever made a full-length animated movie based on this before. I was just thinking yeah. about that. I don't, I don't know any long versions. I just know short versions. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it can be done. If you can, if you can come up with a long version of this, then yeah. you can try. But like, I don't think it's. I don't think you can. Like, yeah. that's unless you're really biggest. creative. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. probably the biggest drawback. You'd have to like invent backstories for the tortoise and the yeah. hare, and, su- and <laughs> su- supporting, <laughs> supporting characters. They were college roommates, and then they had a falling out, years long bitter rivalry. One of, one of them went to jail and finally got out. He's like tortoise, I challenge you to a race. <laughs> I, I I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like just just. Let it be a story. Don't you don't have to come up with a backstory. You don't have to come up with any with a, a evil rivalry like backstory like you did with the live action Grinch movie. Just let, let just leave it be. It'll be all gritty and like 
take place in the rain and <laughs> it'll be a nighttime race. I could totally see somebody doing this. Uh, sadly, <laughs> I can too. <laughs> well, from Tortoise and the Hare, we move on to Three Little Wolves in 1936. And this is probably my favorite, like in favorite in terms of entertainment value. I think in terms of art, my favorite would be the old mill, but Three Little Wolves probably is my favorite just because it made me laugh. No, yeah, this is my favorite as well from this list. This this one I I remember watching Three Little Wolves probably if probably as much as if not more so than Three Little Pigs. And I don't think I'd seen this one at all before I watched it for this podcast. Me neither. I I did never saw this cartoon. Okay, I was the one who saw this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see this until I watched it on Disney Plus. But I did like it. It was, it was good. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think this is probably one, one, one of the ones I suggested. Well, if neither of us had seen it, then probably. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I do like this. I, I, I know that Walt Disney was opposed to making a sequel to sequel, the yeah. because he was... Yeah, yeah, any sequels because he was like a kind the kind of person who liked to look forward and not back. But I do like the angle they went with this cartoon, which is that they they made it sort of like a boy cries wolf, like yeah. it was sort of based on that story. And they where they went a creative direction with it to make it not just a repeat. Mm-hmm. And th- Three Little Pigs spawned a lot of sequels, and this one wasn't even the first. I think. There's one actually called The Big Bad Wolf, which I think is the first sequel. Yeah, right. I think this Three Little Wolves is the second sequel. Hmm, okay. Right, there was multiple. I, I love these wolf cub characters. and Yeah. They all, they all look alike, but I love how they just have fun with their father and like do mischief <laughs> to, the, to him and all that kind of stuff. I love the, when he's yeah. trying to teach them. He's Stassi Stein. Um, what do you say? <laughs> Teaching yeah. them the song about like, pig parts. That was the, my first yeah, question okay. going into this. Was like the wolf is German now. <laughs> He's German. Yeah, I think there actually was. Um, they, they meant to to make this somewhat a, a message against communism or Germany at the time. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. That's what I was gonna say. It was like it was like the reason why they made it a German. It was like a commentary on like current events of the period. Can't believe I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I was just confused as to why he was suddenly German. I, well, it is. It's a it's a good it's a good reason. But he did have a catchy song in German. I did like the song. <laughs> Yeah, something each can each stein uh, sausage meats or something like that. Each stein, each stein sausage links. Yeah, that's each stein sausage links. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Each that's each stein pigs and feet. Yeah, that's each stein pigs and feet. It was yeah, that was a good song. I think it was based on an actual real German song, but yeah, but yeah, it was it's, a good it's, one. A, it's a popular like childhood German song, and they just changed the oh, a lot of a lot of cartoons actually do um. It's parodies of that song. And and this song taught me the word curlicue. I never knew what that word meant before. <laughs> curlicue. Right, right. Now I heard that I heard that song in The Cat in the Hat and I've heard it in uh Animaniacs. You're Animaniacs, right. I was they just thinking Animaniacs, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was what I heard, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I love the uh 
practical pigs like wolf pacifier machine. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Was that supposed to be a specific thing or was it just some sort of random torture device that he invented? What do you mean by specific thing? Like, was it, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed like it was based on something and I didn't know what it was supposed to be. I don't know. To me, it was just a torture device. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, yeah. Well, I know that there, there was a moment while the wolf was being tortured in the torture device where his hair parts and looks sort of Adolf Hitler-y. If you, and if you miss it, if you blink, you might miss it. Type of uh, moment. So there, it could be some hidden meaning behind the machine. I just don't know what it is because they okay. definitely there. There, there are other hidden meanings, hidden meanings throughout the cartoon. So, yeah. And I love how the machine beats beats the wolf up to the the tune of the song as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I I noticed that. I noticed that. That was that was creative. I like that. Uh, one thing that I noticed in this. I also noticed it in the band concert. There's this thing. It looks like a high chair, but there's a hole in the seat. Because the first time I saw it, I thought it was like part of an outhouse. But then like the little tray comes down over the character. And it was in the wolf pacifier as well. I was like, what is that thing? I don't know. I, I feel like I need my cousin Sarah here because she probably would recognize it from some history book she read. <laughs> I'm not, I don't remember what it is. I'm going to have to see a picture of it. No, meaningless. No idea. Okay. I just, I saw it in two different cartoons. I was like, that has to be a certain specific thing. Probably. We need like another historian in the, in the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Three of us aren't enough. (laughs) (laughs) No, apparently. (laughs) Well, from there we can move on to the country cousin in 1936 and this one i don't think i'd ever seen it before but i recognized Mm -hmm. the characters and i feel like maybe i had a book about this when i was a kid like maybe it was these characters in a book but i don't i i don't think i've ever seen this cartoon i've never seen the cartoon or anything from this cartoon at all ever yeah, I, I haven't seen this cartoon either, but I did recognize the characters who were in the cartoon because I, I remember like I had like this book about the about Disney's top animators, the nine old men. I think I think Les Clark might have I think I know Les Clark animated on this cartoon. I think I saw that Les it was the book about nine old men showed scenes from films that they animated on. I think I think that was what I saw on the Les Clark section. He might have animated the certain scenes in this series. Okay. Okay, so if none of us have seen this cartoon, then who suggested that we talk about this one? It might have been me as well, because I think I heard of it, but I, I wanted to see it, so I think it was my opportunity to see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, okay. This one's based on you know the Aesop fable, Country Mouse and Town Mouse, which I think, I think it's it's one of those fables that I feel as a kid I heard people talk about more, but I feel like nowadays, I feel this story is pretty much gone. I don't know anyone who yeah. references this story anymore. Yeah, no, I knew it when I was a kid because we had that book, whatever book that I'm thinking of that I'm pretty sure was 
these characters, but it was the story. I don't think the same things happened in the book as happened here, but I'm pretty sure it was these characters. So I knew that story, the country mouse and the city mouse, but I never saw this cartoon and I'd never hear people reference it today. I'm not sure what the more what the moral of the of the story is. Is it that some people just can't live in other places? Is is that the, the yeah, message? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. It was like the cartoon just like, kind of ended abruptly. It did end abruptly. <laughs> he about gets hit by a car and runs away. You know, it, I feel like they could have done a better job. I, I, I don't mean to turn into a film critic all of a sudden, but I feel like they could have done a better job with the, with the story concept in there because, like, yeah, there wasn't really a point. I felt like it was just like, okay, the whole cartoon was about the country mouse was kept doing a bunch of questionable things that were all, like, kept almost getting killed by the cat. The city mouse kept telling him the shush. And the country mouse kept not listening. And it was at the point where I was like, okay, this character is so annoying. I don't even care if the cat eats him anymore. Just, just, let's just move on. And then by the time that he runs back to the country because he doesn't like city life anymore, it was like, okay, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't have any investment in this story. And I don't mean to be negative about it because I did like the, a lot of things about it. Like the animation was really amazing. And I did like, there was this gag in the cartoon where he's uh, looking at his reflection in the Dello mold, that the Dello mold gag, you should watch that. Oh, yeah. And see that, what I'm talking about. That, 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 that one that made me laugh. That was the one thing that made me laugh. But other yeah. than that, yeah, it wasn't very good. The one thing that made me laugh in this was the first, the beginning, the telegram, stop being a hick and come live in the city with me. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> that, was, that wasn't bad, yeah. I think, I think it even said stop, stop, if I'm not mistaken. Probably, because stop is the period in a telegram. Yeah. I, I feel this story, the town mouse and the country mouse, I feel this is a story that you could make a full-length animated film about because you could go into the background of each of the two characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think so. I think if they, I think they could totally do that. If they got, if they got the right writers and directors involved, they could come up with something interesting. If it was like a, like a maybe a 90-minute animated movie or something. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, from here we come to our final film which is The Old Mill from 1937. That kind of surprised me, the newest of all the ones we've we've just talked about. Well, this one I kind of thought came even later because this is one that I picked out because I figured this was like really important in Disney history because this is where they tested a whole lot of stuff that would eventually be part of their films. Like this is where they started to get into realism and Mm -hmm. try... Like the the animals in here aren't like perfectly realistic, but they were closer than anything we've seen before. And this was the uh, the multiplane camera they they got that out for this. Yeah, yeah. And all the backgrounds, everything about this was like pushing the medium forward in ways that they hadn't tried yet. And this one is one. It's not. It's not like a funny cartoon. I I just like it just because it's a piece of art. I just like watching the animation. No, I feel this one is a technological innovation. Like this is something you would you would show at a at a technical convention. I don't think it's one that would win like a kids' choice award. <laughs> kids' choice awards of nineteen thirty eight. Last year's the old mill, everyone's favorite. 
<laughs> Ollie, that's swell. Give Walt Disney the surfboard. <laughs> oh, that's an image I never thought I would imagine. But sorry, I missed it. What? What with the surfboard? The, his choice of words. The the prize is a surfboard. Like whoever oh, yeah. wins the category, they give him a surfboard. Although I've heard different YouTubers who've won things, they say they never receive the surfboard. So I think it's a scam, actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Oh wow, that's that's disappointing. I've heard that from multiple YouTubers that have won different Kids Choice Awards. I've never heard anyone say they actually received the surfboard. They always say, "I'm still waiting for that surfboard." Like years later. That is, I hope that's not true. That's a scam. Then, now oh, come on, you gave them the surfboard on stage. Give them the surfboard. <laughs> but anyway, back to the subject. Uh, yeah. The old mill. I agree. This was, I really like this cartoon. It was, uh, it was intentionally, Walt Disney's intention was to push the technology with this one. It was like he wanted to test the multi-plane camera. He wanted to test the animators' abilities to not focus so much on gags, but more on just realistic animal animation and on special effects and on like the rain and water and thunder and stuff like that specifically because he was making snow white and seven dwarves at the same time he wanted to make sure that they were ready to Mm -hmm. do feature film animation because he wanted the feature films to look great so this was a testing ground i think part of the reason that i always think of this one as coming later than it actually came was because a lot of the scenes remind me of scenes in bambi and i think I, I, I maybe am confusing the two because like in the scene, Little April Shower with this, the rain and the storm, a lot of it reminds me of the old mill. And I think in my mind, the scenes are getting mixed up. Yeah, I remember um, watching one of these cartoons and being reminded of Little April Shower. So it might have been the old mill. This cartoon definitely evokes Bambi. It reminds me of Bambi in a lot of the a lot of the directions. It reminds me of Bambi, and it also kind of reminds me of Fantasia. Obviously, it reminded me of Fantasia a little bit because there was like a music oriented, and there was no talking, so it had mm. the Fantasia feel too. It, it just it just felt very like it was like setting up the future of the company with these uh, with these feature films by like there was like a sneak peek of what was to come almost. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I've got to say on these. You guys have any final thoughts on any of these ten shorts? You can watch them all. Yeah, that's that's what I say. A lot of the Disney cartoons were really like uh, in the '30s were really amazing. They in the 1940s they were like overshadowed by Looney Tunes a little bit, but they were still really um, the best animated cartoons. And the animation is really amazing. If nothing, if you get nothing else. Just watch it for the animation because the animation is amazing. Mm-hmm. And most of them are easily accessible on Disney Plus, and the rest are easily discovered if you just search them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I, I I watched all of them on YouTube, so pretty good. Yeah, that's what's great about YouTube. I but I, it's also one of the reasons why I love Disney Plus. So yeah. And um, yeah, I have nothing else to add except it was fun. Well, I guess that'll be the end of this episode. Do you guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Eli? Yeah, if you want to hear more of my opinions, uh, I'm on Twitter. That's where I hang out most, uh, at eJunkie2014. And I will 
send you the link to my blog on Twitter too, which is uh, ejunkieblog.com. That's where I go into detail of like the history of film and animation and the television and video games and other stuff. So yeah, you can find me there. Okay, and Mark? Yeah, you can find me at um, both of my blogs, The Animation Commendation and My Live Action Disney Project at theanimationcommendation.com and myliveactiondisneyproject.com. Okay, and I'll have links to those in the description. Well, thanks for joining me. We will have you back on for another episode. So we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Jonathan. It's fun as always. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the iHeartMovies YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.